Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys. We're Neilist today, but happy to have John and Roger with us. Guys, how are you? Great. Good, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, good. Uh, Thank you. Looking forward to this week. uh, You survived your Super Tuesday last night? Michigan right? I know it was yeah, yeah uh, Donald Trump won no real surprise Joe Biden won although Joe Biden had uh, over a hundred thousand people that voted uncommitted uh, this was pretty much a, mm-hmm. a push by Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib who is the Palestinian congresswoman and she's uh, here as a matter of fact where I'm broadcasting from right now is in her district Michigan's 12th U.S. congressional district but you got a bunch of anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian people that are just angry that Joe Biden is not called officially for a ceasefire in this case. So it's like, okay, we'll find it. It's kind of a protest vote. We want to let him know that we're really bothered by this. And, and can I just say on a side note, before we get into what we're going to talk about, because we're going to talk about the the horrible murder of Lake and Riley, but... Uh, John Stewart, you know, he's been doing his daily show now again on Mondays. And on Monday night of this week, he just went under this big rant about how wrong it is that we don't have a ceasefire going on right now. And all the terms ceasefire with Israel, people seem to forget that the reason that there's no ceasefire is because Israel is fighting against the terrorists who attacked them and massacred 1,200 of them. You know, it's like after our 9-11 attack, should we then have had people calling for a ceasefire? Oh, here we go to Afghanistan and we're trying to track down Osama bin Laden and kill him and try to wipe out al-Qaeda. And, you know, we just need a ceasefire, everybody. What, we're not supposed to fight back? And so this, you know, after Pearl Harbor, should there have been calls for ceasefire, you know, where we shouldn't be fighting at Japan? So this is ridiculous. These are racist, Bob, plain and simple. These are racist individuals, plain and simple. They're they're anti-Semitic, and and that's the thing where they they support the genocide of Israel, of Jews. This is the same Rashida Tlaib that led the uncommitted votes here in in Michigan. This is the very same Rashida Tlaib that refused to answer a reporter's question who asked her repeatedly, is it acceptable to behead Jewish babies? Mm. And could not bring herself to say, no, that's not acceptable. Mm. All right. This is how sick and twisted these these people are. So, And we've got to remember, October 7th in Israel, for 1,200 people to be killed in Israel's population, that was the equivalency of I don't know how many dozens of 9-11s for the United States in right, proportion right. to our populations. Right. right. So Ridiculous. Well, well, it's it interesting is. too when you read the, I read the Middle Eastern Forum just about every day, and they've got updates on what's happening there. And they said, "Look, basically, this is over. Israel has won. Hamas has lost. They just won't surrender. The Palestinian government's getting ready to resign. I mean, it, it's it's all it, it's done. And yet, the fact that the left wants a ceasefire, they really want Israel to declare a ceasefire instead of saying, "Hey, look, we won." And Madame Tlaib, 
forgets about how many innocent children in the Palestinian side, how many Gazans, I mean, how many mm-hmm. of their their own pe- babies have been slaughtered simply because they're being used as human shields? That's how right. many schools, how many hospitals, how many buses have to get blown up by their own people? And then they sit there and point the finger and say, well, Israel bad, you know, and it's, it's, it's just it, guys. It's political, I mean, no offense. Political theater. You look at the way the Israelis live and you look at the way Somalia's live. She has nothing to say, period. Shut up. I know, I know. Well, and and by the way, I, I You're do sorry. Have to I, don't, yeah, I have Here no comes other the words. Email than again, that. John. Look out. <laughs> that's that's John Rush at. <laughs> okay. You can send it. Go right ahead. Yeah, it's okay. But uh, you know, one of the things I also want to say about that before we get into uh, Lake and Riley, though, is a, a common narrative right now is that the bad guys are Hamas. They're not the Palestinian people. And let me just say, I don't want to broad brush all Palestinian people. Okay, by the way, there are some Christians that are Palestinians, okay? And there are some peace-loving Palestinians. I get that. But we got to remember, Hamas is disproportionately supported by the Palestinian people. The reason the Hamas is in governing power in Gaza is because they were voted, they were elected into power by the Palestinian people. That's right. And surveys, repeated surveys have been taken, not just from Jewish organizations, but even Palestinian organizations in the Palestinian territories of Gaza and the West Bank. And they were specifically asked, do you support Hamas, not do you support, you know, the Palestinian cause or a a free Palestine or, you know, whatever. Do you support Hamas? And do you know it averaged between 70 and and 89 percent, between 70 percent and 89 percent in the various polls of Palestinian people saying, yes, we support Hamas. And this survey was taken immediately after the October 7th massacre. So it, it is it is alarming how many mm-hmm. Palestinian people, not all of them, but how many Palestinian people are okay with Jewish babies being beheaded and Jewish girls and women being raped and slaughtered and murdered. This is this is sick and disgusting. It's yep. evil, and this is what we're seeing with today's Democratic Party in this country, quite yep. frankly. So anyway uh all right so before we do get to the specifics though of illegal immigration and lake and riley and such uh we do have super tuesday coming up of course and mm-hmm. i am curious you guys take about nikki haley still refusing to bow out of the race she got beat by 41 points in michigan she got embarrassed in her own state right. of south carolina where she was governor by about 20 points she got embarrassed in new hampshire which should have been hers to win can a rhino new hampshire and, but she's still sticking to her guns and she's going to stay in this thing until super tuesday is this smart on her part or strategically stupid on her part what do you guys think uh, That's a tough call. Well, I, I, I'm bitterly disappointed in the way her campaign is going to see where the funding's coming from, to see the way she's, you know, kind of being a stiff neck about it. I was concerned during 2022, guys, just to be honest with you, when it seemed like Nikki Haley was in my social media feed every day promoting this candidate, that candidate. I'm like, boy, she's really stuffing the campaign coffers full of uh, this endorsement money, you know, a.k.a. some other people who do that, Maxine Waters and others. But now when I see what's going on here and you see that was it the Koch brothers, you know, finally pulled out, mm-hmm. she's being bankrolled 
by Democrat operatives and never Trumpers on the right. And that's the only reason she's staying in is because they keep giving her money. I mean, quite frankly, she does, she knows she can't win. She does not want to be his vice presidential candidate. So now I, I'm trying to understand the long-term strategy for her. There's nothing for her in 2024. And I really thought, and perfectly honest with you, if Trump and Haley had come together and worked together altruistically, that could have been a pretty powerhouse ticket. Now she's just an irritant. Right. Time to go home. Yeah, Which she's you- and, and well, and, and I agree everything with with what you said, Roger. The other fear I have, and not that you know, I'm not a Nikki Haley lover by any stretch of imagination, but once once this is done, because of the way she's handled it, her political career is over. She's yeah, she's and you know, her 2028 cancer. I'll tell you what, done. that's totally what I'm assuming. Also, the only thing I can get surmise is that maybe her her insiders and her strategists are telling her that by sticking in this fight as long as possible, that somehow, some way, it will actually benefit her in 2028. Now, I don't see how. They're wrong. Because it seems to me that she is she is branding herself as an antagonist who continues to stay in a fight and spend and blow money that she has no chance of winning, and so she looks bad. But here's what I, I, I think she's being told from her people on the inside, and I think they're wrong but I can't completely rule it out that maybe just maybe come 2028 people will forget how stupid she was to linger in the race this long, but instead they will perceive 2024 primaries as a two person race that it was Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley. And since, so they'll, they'll think of her as the Trump alternative or the number two presidential candidate, and that'll get burned in their minds the longer that she stays in the race. And maybe that will be the lingering image that people have of her in 2028. I think they're wrong. Well, the lingering image I have not only is her stubbornness, but also remember the whole I can bring America to consensus on abortion. That whole bit. I mean, what what a horrible message to, to share to people because no one has a consensus. I mean, there, there's no way you're going to bring everyone together, right? Those of us who support the sanctity of human life are saying, hey, this is what it is. People who want abortion don't care about what we think. I mean, we talk about this every week on the on the roundtable, for crying mm-hmm. out loud. I mean, the, what the sanctity of human life really means. I mean, if you want to have kryptonite up against an abortionist, say, hey, preborn, ultrasound, <laughs> something like that. Right. And all of a sudden, they all go running, you know, they all go scampering. <laughs> right. Well, remember, this is also the woman who who uh, felt like she had to backtrack to appease the pro-abortionites because she, in an interview after Alabama's decision on uh, on in vitro fertilization being labeled as children, she said, well, hey, you know, I do think that fertilized eggs or embry- fertilized embryos are, are children or babies. And there was so much backlash from the pro-abortion crowd and from the rhinos, she came back to damage control and said, well, you know, people took those words and said that that was somehow me saying I agreed with the Alabama Supreme Court decision. And that's not – so she came out and in essence implied I didn't agree with their decision in that case. And so she's waffling in that area too. So I don't, uh, I don't think she's doing herself any favors. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I, I think it's just a poor strategy on her part and she's blowing it for any kind of 2028 options that she may have. Well, anyway, yeah, she is. No, that's we, uh, we can talk more we about are that dive into right we are going to dive into uh lake and riley illegal immigration and all of that when we do talk about abortion though i want to remind everybody that many of you in the audience have given a pre-born and we appreciate that we really do if you're sitting on the sidelines and you haven't done it yet would you do it right now as you listen to us remember pre-born is the main pro-life group 
that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers. They do this all across the country. And as you know, when a mom sees that first picture of her baby, she doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. She lets that baby live almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord too. Do you know last year alone, preborn saved the lives of over 60,000 babies. And along the way, there were over 10,000 decisions for Jesus Christ among those moms. So here's what it comes down to, the dollars and cents of it. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. We're asking you to pray about a number of babies' lives you'll save. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's the one-time gift we're asking you for. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So you can give online right now by going to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Or you can talk to a real-life person. They answer the phones 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention the roundtable when you call. And so, guys, we're going to shift the conversation now to talk about the horrific death of Lake and Riley. First of all, Lake and Riley is uh, – she's not by far anywhere close to the only American citizen that's been killed by an illegal immigrant who's been in this country and then released and then committed additional crimes and then released again from sanctuary cities. But th- there are certain murders that somehow catch the consciousness of Americans. And it seems like this is one of them. Uh, This is a 22-year-old nursing student in Athens, Georgia. She's out for her morning jog. And you get this guy, Jose Antonio Ibarra, who kidnaps her, takes her into the woods, brutally murders her. Her body is found. This guy uh, is an illegal immigrant. He came over into this country through Joe Biden's open borders on September 8th, 2022. Now, ironically, four days later, on September 12th, 2022, Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of the border issue, Kamala Harris said the words, our border is secure. Okay. Meanwhile, this guy comes over, goes to New... I know, I can't get that cackling. (laughs) Goes to New York... All right, Sanctuary City, New York, commits additional crimes, including uh, risking harm to a minor child. And what happens? This person is arrested, but then released, just like he was caught when he came over here illegally. But then the Biden administration released him into America. He goes to New York. He commits additional crimes. He gets released also because of Sanctuary City. He goes down to Athens, Georgia, murders this girl. If this guy had been deported like he was supposed to immediately by the Biden administration, or in New York City, if he had been handed over to ICE and deported like federal law says he was supposed to, this 22-year-old girl would be alive. And by the way, she's a sister in Christ. Uh, Her family, very active in their church, and uh, they say that she just had a tremendous heart for the Lord Mm -hmm. and such. So uh, this is a horrendous story to me. And by the way, can I just say on a side note, for the Associated Press, these sickos to report this story and decide we don't consider it relevant that he's an illegal alien. We don't consider it relevant that he's been released through sanctuary city policies. No, we're just going to call him a, quote, Athens resident. And then we're going to make the issue, right, we're going to make this a story about she really kind of brought it on herself by jogging alone. Women ought not be doing that. 
It's like, wow, what kind of Twilight Zone world are we living in? There's a lot of places Where's to women's go rights in that one, Bob? I know. Oh, and by the way, isn't it interesting that the AP now considers women women and that it's uh-huh. uh, you know, now suddenly it's okay to recognize the gender differences in women. And she shouldn't be running alone. alone. Yeah, I know. Because she's a woman. She shouldn't be jogging alone. Well, hold on. Now I'm confused. But right. anyway. Wait, aren't women strong and confident and don't need it? Any per- I know. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just. I got the wrong narrative. I've been triggered. Sorry. I've been triggered right. by the AP. So yeah. I don't. You know what? First of all, Roger, what are some, some of your immediate thoughts and some of your immediate takeaways on this this horrible Lake and Riley case? Well, heartbreaking for the Riley family, of course. I mean, that the, that their daughter, nursing student, my sister's a nurse. I mean, we all have you know have gone through this. You know, with uh, we having. Uh, family members who have you know, gone through a certain stage and they're they're coming up in you know the ranks and and growing and and just there are lights that shine in the darkening world and the have to, one of these lights put out so quickly it's just it's horrifying and my heart breaks for the family of course but then also you know looking at the way this is being reported too I'm looking at People magazine has been covering a lot of this stuff too they you know put enough <clears throat> Kardashian pictures on the front page to not give you the away the fact that they are pretty you know uh, liberal and also pretty uh, political. I'm looking at their most recent article on this whole case, <clears throat> and here's how they describe it, Bob. You talk about the Associated Press being discussing Lake and Riley's cause of death revealed after she's killed during a jog on University of Georgia campus. Yep, they have to make <sighs> that. That's the the lead story, yep. and then ten paragraphs down. We get the, the you know, uh, Georgia officials have revealed the gruesome details. Uh, he was accused of using a uh, <clears throat> blunt object, you know, to harm her. So he's a Venezuelan citizen who entered the U.S. unlawfully in 2022. Oh, wow. Right? Come on. No criminal record. None of the other stuff. He entered unlawfully. Poor guy. He was probably seeking asylum. Well, you know how it is in Venezuela. We need to feel sorry for him. And shame on her for going out there and jogging. And, and, and Lord knows what she... It, it's disgusting. It's just I, I echo your sentiments. It's absolutely disgusting what they're doing to this family and to her memory. It, it really is. And by the way, let me just, uh, John, real quick. I mean, your take on this because I know there's a lot of things in this that we're going to unpack. Yeah. But some of your immediate thoughts on, on this story. As a, and sorry, I'll probably get a hate mail for this one as well. As a dad, if I was the dad, mm. I'd have a hard time not putting a bullet to his head. Yeah. <laughs> Period. I, I mean, yeah. I. Look, Sorry. you're not hearing That's any my dad's disagreement side, guys. from us. You're not I, hearing any I, I disagreement from and, us. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, I, I mean, not to play this card, but I know what it's like to bury a daughter. My daughter oh, was do. 17 oh, when wow. she died, you yeah. know, and so and, and, But at least it wasn't in this manner, Bob. Thankf- right. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Amen. she wasn't killed through some kind of an injustice. Her heart just stopped beating. She collapsed in my arms. So she, she peacefully went from her earthly father's arms to her heavenly father's arms. Amen. And she didn't have to experience what Lake and Riley experienced. But... John, I get the emotion in that. I, I really do. You this know? stuff just upsets me to no end, guys. I know. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Hey, Roger, let me ask you, as we continue discussing this, because I know there's a lot of things for us to unpack, but I was mentioning to our listeners before about preborn, how we definitely want them to sp- to support our sponsors. And we want them to support as well Dennis Wilson, because he, he's really been doing a phenomenal job with so many people and helping them be financially sound. 
Absolutely. And understanding what is at stake here in the culture, understanding that the markets are, are kind of twisted and strange. But if you have someone who can help you navigate them, uh, you can you can do well. You can you can thrive in the current economic conditions that we're in right now. And uh, I think about Dennis and the fact that he has 11 children and 23 grandchildren. So legacy is very important in the Wilson family. And if that's your story, too, you want to make sure you steward well what God has entrusted to you. I mean, the resources, the, the money, the stuff, whatever it is that you have that you want to pass on to the next generation. If you're looking for ways to get as tax free as possible in your retirement and make sure that uh, there's no estate charges that are coming up, depending on where you're hearing this podcast, I encourage you to go to um, our National Crawford Roundtable website. Basically, just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Wilson Financial banner, or just call Dennis directly at 800-696-9970. And uh, Schedule a consultation. Do it over the phone. Do it on Zoom, however you want to, because when we think about our resources and how we are to steward them, Bob, I mean, it's it's so important. And family does. I mean, you listen to the heart of three dads, three grandpas here who are, are, are you know, our hearts are breaking over the Lake and Riley case. And I know a couple of weeks ago. I was with Dennis and his family when his daughter-in-law lost her battle with cancer and we were having a memorial service for her. And, and I know that, that that fuels Dennis's passion too, is to say, hey, we want to present Christ in glory, whether we are, you know, serving him here or serving him, you know, eternally. And, uh, and, and when we see a story like this, when you hear the passion and John's voice or Bob's voice or my voice about, you know, the, this, this horrific crime that was committed against this young lady, Please know there's some political ramifications, obviously, based on who's in the White House, but also there's some eternal ramifications here, too. I mean, we know that Lake and Riley's with the Lord, and we're grateful for that. But the fact that her life ended the way it did is just so it's so tragic and horrific. And we are coming up on we're in an election cycle right now where we run the risk of potentially ushering in four more years of the same horrific policy. That's not good stewardship. I mean, of your vote right. or of your time? I mean, it, it really isn't. I mean, on a spiritual level. I know. I mean, you're, you're so right. And, well, let's think about, first of all, the the humanitarian suffering that's at play that, that happens because of Joe Biden's open borders. Now, this humanitarian suffering is horrendous. Yes, you have people like Lake and Riley. You have people like Molly Tibbetts, the Iowa college student who was raped and murdered by an illegal immigrant who'd been caught and released and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you not just have these these areas of increased crime. You also have the drug cartels that are getting rich because the amount of drugs and fentanyl yep. and opioids that are flooding over the border in inner city communities in this country – you, instead of having a cop on every corner, you have a drug dealer on every corner because the drug dealing industry has been able to explode thanks to these open borders. So this is disproportionately hurting inner city families as well. Where's the Democrats that are supposed to care so much about that? And, you know, and the minorities and the poor and such. Then you look at just what's even happening on the border, the, the communities being overrun. But think about the women and the children that are that are being raped by these coyotes that are being sold in the sex and slave trade industry right now. The Do you know there was a report that uh, the mainstream media for the most part is ignoring, but this comes directly from Biden's own Health and Human Services Department that since Biden's been president – no, I'm sorry, just last year, just last year, there have been 85 thousand migrant children that are missing we don't know where they are 
and we have no idea how many of them have been sold into sex trafficking in the, the slave trade industry and such. You've got a bunch of Republican. You have 20 Republican attorneys general that have sent a letter to the Biden administration saying, you've got to do something about this. 85,000 migrant children missing. We don't know how many of them are being fed into the sex and human trafficking industry. Uh, where is the outrage from the liberal left. Why aren't the gals on The View crying about the poor children here? Uh, think about the humanitarian suffering that's happening because of Joe Biden's open borders. John, I, uh, the, the Bob, liberal left claims the bleeding no. heart left uh, has absolutely no moral authority no. whatsoever to no. claim that they, they're, they're sorrowful for the suffering. No, and it's even worse than what you're saying. I read a big article earlier this week about what's going on in Mexico because of the amount of power now that we literally have handed over, the money we've handed over to the cartels and how much bigger they're getting mm-hmm. and the policies inside of Mexico and their hugs versus you know bullets. And that's kind of the mantra in Mexico right now when it comes to even dealing with the cartel. And I mean, it's becoming literally a minefield there to where the cartels are literally running everything they're paying off, which they've done for years, but it's getting worse. They're paying off elected officials. They're literally running the country right now. It's only going to get worse until we stop handing them money. I know. And Roger, it's because they're getting rich. I mean, look at the amount of money that they're making. This is what open borders provides. And the people that suffer are the very women and children migrants that the left claims that they care about, the inner city people of color and families in in inner city communities that are now being ravaged by way more drug dealers than they ever had before, the the parents and families of people like Molly Tibbetts and Lake and Riley and so many others that are being killed through this increased crime – and you know something? The, the liberal left, Roger, they, they reach for a Kleenex when it comes to all oh, the poor migrants and, and the children and everything else. It is a flat-out crocodile tears lie because this is just not on their radar screen. You know, it's amazing to me how many people on the left who claim to be so much better informed than people on the conservative side of the equation. You know, we've got the Ivy League degrees. We've got the view. You know, we've got the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, whatever, have not picked up on the fact that for at least the past decade, the drug dealership world has shifted dramatically because you can only buy and sell drugs once. You can Mm -hmm. buy and sell people over and over and over again. So human trafficking and this whole border crisis, you know, is being fueled by if they're using them to mule in drugs. That's, I mean, to their advantage, obviously. But Mm -hmm. the fact that these people can be enslaved and can be, you know, trafficked here in the U.S. and the fact that it's happening here too, the fact that the left, you you see this over and over again. Well, that's a mega conspiracy. There aren't really twenty-seven million people being trafficked. Open your eyes, please, for crying out loud. I mean, this is oh, one of those cases where we don't like being right. I mean, we really know. honestly, you know, don't, I, we don't I like being it. the conspiracy theorists people because they're not com- conspiracy theories. They're all being proven true. This, so this, this is, is absolutely another one. Roger, you're so right. that This is so true. And in the second half, we got a lot more to unpack about this as well as we continue discussion on here, the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. In the meantime, we want you to support our sponsors. We want you to support Dennis Wilson. We want you to support Preborn. You can give to Preborn right now and save babies' lives by going to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn and give right there. Remember, the amount you give is up to you. Pray about a number. $28 is going to stop one abortion, save one baby's life through ultrasound images. So how many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift. 
And uh, it's also, remember, 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, or you can give over the phone. They answer the phones 24-7, so go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks listening. You can also watch video of our podcast at MyHopeNow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And we're going to dive into the second half of the podcast next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half, the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Neil, prodigal son, Boron, out of Neil Boron Live, Buffalo, New York, not with us this week. And we're talking about illegal immigration at this point in light of the horrific murder of Lake and Riley at the hands of this illegal immigrant that came into this country, was caught, but then released into the United States by the Biden administration, goes to New York City, sanctuary city, commits additional crimes. And since it's a sanctuary city, the Democrats there, they say, well, we're not going to hand this person over to immigration and customs enforcement. No, let's uh, just put them back out on the streets. Comes down to Athens, Georgia, brutally murders this 22-year-old nursing student. And, you know, guys, one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up as well is just the overwhelming nature of how many illegal immigrants are flooding into this country through Joe Biden's open borders because we don't know how many of them are terrorists. Right. We don't know how many of them are MS-13 gang members. We don't know how many of them are drug dealers and, and, and such. So we don't know what the ratio is of them to you know, that, that mom with a child who's just really honestly seeking asylum or whatever. But, but this is making America a way, way more dangerous place. And to put it into perspective – uh, you've got the Biden administration themselves, their own numbers say that uh, in the last three years, they have allowed 7.2 million illegal immigrants to be released into the United States, 7.2 million. Now, add to that, the Biden administration's own numbers say there are 1.8 million gotaways. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I think those numbers are probably deflated if this is what the Biden administration is admitting to. But 7.2 million plus 1.8 million, they are admitting to 9 million illegal immigrants flooding into our country in just the last three years alone. And that doesn't even include the unknown gotaways. How many people are that? Who knows? Probably well over a million, I'm sure. So it is very safe to say that in just three years of Joe Biden, we have had 10 million illegal immigrants flooding into this country in just the last three years alone. You know something? The population of New York City is only eight and a half million. As a matter of fact, there are only uh, 10 states in the entire country that have a bigger population than that. So we're talking about yeah, – because Michigan has a population of just over 10 million. Okay, and there's another state that I think is about 10 million. So at this point, we are clearly on pace to have a bigger population mm-hmm. than 40 of the 50 states in this country of just illegal immigrants, not in all time, but, John, in just the last three years. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, we're half of you in Michigan, so it's two Colorados. Yeah, I mean, right. For comparison, think of it that way. I mean, the reality is, Bob, and I was just thinking about that as you were saying that, you know, just all of the, and it's happening, it's happening in every 
major Democrat-run city. It's the same here in Denver. Literally, they're being overrun. The cities are now trying to figure out how do they cut other services to handle the influx of people that have come in illegally. Uh, I mean, these sanctuary cities are now are now going to literally be in a budget crisis because of this. And it's of course, you know, it's it's on their own accord. I mean, I'm not I'm not I don't feel bad for them one way, or, you know, one way, you know, one way, shape, form, or another. I mean, they literally brought this on themselves. They basically said, "Hey, doors are open. If you get across the border, come here." We'll take care of you. I was watching some video yesterday of some folks that have lived in New York City for the past eight months, haven't worked. They get free housing, free food, free medical, free care for the kids. I mean, these guys are, you know, these people are living better than most people that work for a living in the United States of America. Where's the incentive to not come? I know. I know. And you make such a good point, too, about this is two Colorados. You know what this is also? This is. 10 Montanas. Oh. <laughs> it's 10 yeah. Montanas. Yeah. It's 12, I'm sorry, it's 13 North Dakotas. Actually, North Dakota and South Dakota combined, it's five of them. Wow. <laughs> it's like, wow, wow. Th- this, is, this is really I- insane. Roger, your thoughts on, I know words like invasion get u- gets used and it's like, oh, well, that's a politically incorrect term, but how, how can you not, how could any country in the world not use a word like invasion if you have uh, literally uh, 10 million people flood illegally into that country when you know that a lot of them are drug dealers, sex traffickers, human traffickers, gang members, and terrorists. My favorite uh, scenes on the news these days are the caravans. You know, the people yeah. who are walking from Venezuela, you know, to uh, San Antonio or whatever. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you look at how are you making it that far? I mean, food, water, supplies, clothes, little kids coming along with, how is that happening, number one? Number two, why do so many people with legal immigration being so, it's a pretty well-oiled machine in terms of people getting in here. People immigrate into this country all the time. Now, when I say well-oiled, there are some chinks in the armor, of like why does it take 12 years for someone to get naturalized? But when there are people from these same countries coming in, how can you call it anything other than an invasion when we've got this mass of 10 million people who've come in through the southern border illegally just in the first three years of the Biden administration right now, how can, how can you call it anything other than that? I mean, it's ridiculous. But why are they coming? I mean, they're being trafficked, of course. But are we running ads in Mexico and all throughout South America saying, Actually, uh, yes, Roger, at times well, we are. Yeah. We're, 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 what are the ads saying? That, this is the, the point I was going to make is yep. that, that what the ads are saying is not here's where to go to Ellis Island. Basically, here's the big red arrow where you go in and, and, mm. and come in legally. It's once you get across the border, here's where you get services. Mm-hmm. Here's where you get the free food. And I, I, it's an older anecdote, but it's mine. It happened about 30 years ago when I was in between radio jobs, which, you know, that's kind of a... <laughs> It's kind of part and parcel with the, the name mm-hmm. of the game here. I had a wife and two young children. My daughters were very young. And a friend of mine who had also been displaced said, hey, you didn't realize you can get emergency health care while you're in between jobs. And I went, oh, okay, great. So I went down to experience the office. And sitting there in my current configuration you know, with my ethnic background and being grilled over bank accounts and how many cars do you own and this, that, and the other thing, and watching a steady stream of people who are coming in from Mexico, literally just coming in and grabbing cards and walking out. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I, 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 
if I had not seen it with my own eyes, mm. it was it was unbelievable how easy it was for these people. And this was 30 years ago. It's even easier now. And plus, you get better benefits. Here in the People's Republic, you get a driver's license. You can get a Social Security card. I mean, there are people who are suing for Social Security benefits, even though they've never actually become legal citizens. Five years ago, the pre- student body president at University of California, Berkeley, was an undocumented immigrant. How do you go to college and you're not documented? I mean, in a state Mm -hmm. university, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that the state of California would say, well, we don't know anything about his citizen's status and his residency status, but by golly, look, he's our student body president here at Berkeley. Really? I mean, it just, it's, okay, so Fox put away. You you, you get the the frustration. Uh, but you know what? what one, one, tw- just so you know, one ninety over one twenty is not good. Not good blood pressure. Just so you know. That, <laughs> so thank you, you, thank know. you. Got the cuff on right now. Here we go. And, and by the way, I just want to say also, I know that the left wing talking point is, uh, yeah, but these people are just seeking asylum. They're just seeking, you know, escape from violence and safety there for their family and what it causes in the war torn regions that they're in. I got news for you. You could make that argument, maybe. If somebody lived just over the border on the Mexican side and the United States was the closest place they could get to for safety. But when people are coming from Venezuela or Colombia or Guatemala or El Salvador, Nicaragua, whatever, okay, if they really truly are just seeking safety because they're afraid for the lives of their family, uh, you don't make the trek all the way up through Mexico to the United States. As soon as you get into Mexico, there's plenty of safe places in Mexico. You're now out of that immediate danger. You're making the decision to continue all the way to the United States and then be told, if you get busted in the United States, just play the asylum card, and that's what you're claiming. So it really is Well, and part of that, which, which most people don't know, Bob, is because Mexico won't accept them either. They'll let them pass through, but they can't stay. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, they have they have stricter policies apply than we have. Apply for asylum. Apply for asylum. And uh, by the way, you're right because Mexico won't allow that's right uh, people to do what Joe Biden is allowing people to do here. Okay, but you can at least apply for asylum. You can go to the U.S. embassy, okay, in in Mexico and apply for asylum in the United States. There are things that you can do. You don't have to stay in the village in your Central American country that's so dangerous. But why do the Democrats want millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants flooding into this country? We're going to dive into that coming up next. As you listen to this podcast, we want you to remember there is something you can do to stop abortions, folks. You heard? I mean, look, we're all pro-life. We want to save babies' lives, of course. You know how you do this? Give to preborn. Okay, if you give to preborn, you're paying for ultrasound images so that moms will choose life when they see the picture of their baby. And they do almost all the time. They usually end up accepting the Lord, too. Okay, so what is your legacy going to be for the amount of abortions that your family will have stopped? Twenty eight dollars is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. Pray about a number. Maybe it's 10 babies and that's $280. Maybe it's 100 babies, $2,800. You know, look, maybe you can afford more than that. Maybe you can buy an ultrasound machine for $15,000 and your forever legacy will be saving thousands of babies' lives. But for the rest of you, take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about a number. That's your one-time gift, and we're asking you to give to Preborn right now. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So you can give two ways, online or on the phone. Online, just go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, 
click on preborn, give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. Or they answer the phones 24 7. So go ahead and call right now, 833 850 BABY. That's 833 850 BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And as we continue talking about the open borders situation, okay, guys, I know this is going to sound cynical, but uh, to me, it's painfully obvious that the Democrats want open borders. They need millions and millions and millions of illegals flooding into this country and going to Democrat-run states like California, Roger, uh, like New York, I would say to Neil if he were here. Uh, well, certainly Colorado too, yeah, but these here. sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, here's why they need them. The Democrats do for two main reasons. Reason number one, they're losing a bunch of people from their citizens from their own states because people are fleeing California. They're fleeing New York because they're tired of the high crime and the high taxes. So they leave. Well, here's what happens. Those states end up getting less U.S. congressional districts because they have a smaller population. Therefore, they have less electoral college votes. So they need to replace the citizens that are leaving because of the crime and the taxes and replace them with non-citizen illegal immigrants because they'll at least get counted in the U.S. Census. And so therefore, you can maintain your U.S. congressional districts, you can maintain your electoral college head starts, and maybe even add to that. Because remember, there's 435 United States congressional districts. You got three U.S. territory districts, but uh, U.S. states in the 50 states, there are 435. That's a fixed amount. And so if, if California will say, Roger, if California increases their population with a few more million illegal immigrants, what that means is that California now has apportioned to them a greater number of U.S. congressional districts. Well, those districts have to come from somewhere. They're going to be taken from a Republican red state that's following immigration laws and is not a sanctuary state. And so now suddenly that Republican red state has to give up one of their U.S. congressional districts to give it to California. So California gets that much more power in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. House of Representatives, and they get one more electoral college vote in a head start toward the magical number of 270. So what I find despicable about this whole thing, Roger, is that the Democrats, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party right now, they are willing to sacrifice all of the women that are being raped, the children being sold into sex trafficking, the people dying of drugs in the inner cities, the the people being murdered by illegal immigrants, the Democrats are willing to pay that price for the American public uh, so that they can maintain their power and increase their power in Washington and with more electoral college votes. And that ought to be so – if Republicans were doing that, the mainstream media would be so offended by that. But, of course, they're not – hardly anybody even talks about this. Yeah. And we, here in the People's Republic, we've got a big problem, and that is – Lots of equity in houses. Uh, you've got a struggling economy. I mean, you're facing a $68 billion budget deficit for state and social services. And a lot of people are just cashing out. If you could sell your house, your rickety beat up, what the heck, house in San Francisco for $2 million, you've got a lot of equity in it. You cash out and you move to Tennessee or Texas or somewhere else where you can actually pay cash for someplace. Even with higher property taxes in Texas, it's still a win. California has had a net uh, decline in their immigration 
coming into the state, you know, people moving in versus people moving out for the past decade actually lost a seat in the House last uh, session around. So, of course, Gavin Newsom needs to bolster those numbers. Now, put this in perspective. Look what Greg Abbott's doing in Texas the flood of immigrants coming in illegally and he's putting them in buses and sending them to these sanctuary cities and, you know, New York and Chicago and things like that. And what do you get? Eric Adams is like, oh, well, we're overrun. We don't have the resources. We can't handle it, but you shouldn't turn them away. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> who's, whose side are you on here? You have to have some kind of immigration reform that's going to close up the borders. It's going to make it easier for people to immigrate legally and put a big crimp in the business because it's the business that the coyotes are involved in. And the Democrats love this. Now, don't get me wrong. Republicans have their own cross to bear on this too. Republicans have no trouble in places like Alabama, where you wouldn't think that uh, uh, immigration was a big issue. And yet they've got a lot of farm workers, a lot of migrant workers come in there. And when you, you go into I-Verify and things, or E-Verify and things like that, it does make it tougher for them to fill those spots as far as jobs go. But the Democrats are just looking for bodies who are going to vote Democrat. I mean, quite frankly, and this is their way to do it. It's a, it's a mass influx of new voters and new revenue for states coming from the federal government based on these programs. So, I mean, obviously, if we don't call it what it is, we can't deal with the problem until we can identify. And look what they're willing to sacrifice exactly uh, to get this additional power. And obviously, you know, Roger, we want to have John comment on this, get his take on this as well, on the sacrifice Democrats are willing to make. Before we do, though, can you just remind our listeners, we really do want them to support uh, Wilson Financial because it, it, it not only is a great thing to do to support the sponsors of this podcast, but it's actually a financially wise move to give Dennis Wilson a call. Absolutely it is, because we, we, you're talking about if you live in the People's Republic of California and you're a Dennis Wilson client, you know the tax rates keep going up. I mean, the tax revenue state is trying to collect now to offset their debt, their deficits. I mean, it's, they're skyrocketing and it's happening nationwide now, too. There's no way any administration can look at a $34 trillion debt we're not talking budget deficit. We're talking debt. When the $1.5 trillion budget deficit every year, half of that is interest on the national debt, you know they're going to be raising taxes. It's a foregone conclusion. And so we need to be prepared. I mean, it's it's not a, you know, we can we can curse the darkness or light a candle. Here's how you light a candle. You go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You click on the Wilson Financial Services banner. You make an appointment with Dennis Wilson and you find out how to move your 401k into a Roth IRA that actually gives you the opportunity to reclaim whatever tax uh, penalty you're going to have to pay for liquidating that right away. And it boosts it. But in one case, he's got one account right now that's offering a 19% boost for three years to kind of offset the fact that you're going to have to pay a, a tax and an early withdrawal penalty. But now you're into Roth IRA territory, where as Dennis likes to say, you tax the seed or you tax the harvest. He wants to, you to pay the tax on the seed. Um, 800-696-9970 or hit that banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net because you're right, guys. I mean, let's face it, with the election right now, immigration is huge on the minds of voters. Taxes, huge on the minds of voters. And we, as informed citizens, need to vote accordingly, not basically on personality, but what these people are actually doing. And Bob, as you've been noting here, these immigration statistics are horrifying, right. but we have to put credit where credit is due and say, when did all this start? It started in January of 2021. Well, you know what? It did. And John, I, I guess I'm curious to get your take on what the trade-off is here, what the Democrats are willing to trade for power, for, for congressional power to keep from losing congressional seats from the exodus in their own states uh, and to maintain their electoral college votes. 
what they're willing to sacrifice as far as the human suffering of, of college students being killed, women and children being raped, the sex and slave trade industry exploding, the drug dealing industry exploding mm-hmm. in this country. This is the price the Democrats are willing to pay for power. And I don't see any of the left wingers. I don't see the late night talk show hosts. I don't see any of them having their sensibilities shocked or clutching their pearls over this. No. And, and you oh. Say this all the time. The left doesn't care about people. They claim to. Right. They put that as one of the things they run on on a regular basis. But, you know, what's that, what's that old saying? You know, what does the fruit tell you? The fruit would say exactly the opposite. They, they don't care about people at all. Proof is in the open border policies they've got right now with people, you know. And, yeah, is it an invasion? Absolutely. You know, what are they willing to sacrifice, Bob? everything. These people don't care. Their number one goal is the destruction of the United States of America. They don't like the fact that how our our country was founded in the first place. They don't like the Judeo-Christian principles we were founded on. They want to reset the entire country. They don't want to see it look the way it is today, and they will do anything they possibly can to make that happen. And if open borders is one of the ways they do that, what will they sacrifice? Everything. They don't care. What do you think about the political strategy here and Donald Trump, he, I think he's wisely playing this card and talking about borders. Yeah, I, think, I think it's a bad, I think it's bad political strategy on the part of the left because as we've stated before, 75% of Americans feel like, and the polling says this, that this is a hot topic. Uh, it is, it has right. now superseded the abortion topic, which I think the left really felt like they were going to run on in 2024. This is in a way backfired on them and this is becoming a hotter and hotter topic. Why we're not, I mean, Donald Trump's doing a good job of using this, but why every candidate running for office on our side of the aisle, Bob, is not using this as a talking point is beyond me. Why is this so hard to figure out? You know what? Whoever replaces Ronna McDaniel has got to get everybody on the same page and say, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but every single interview that you do, every meet the press. I don't even care what the question is. This gets filtered into it. You pivot to it. Okay. I don't care uh, what the interview is about. I don't care That's what right. it is. I don't want to see What do you think about higher single... taxes? Well, I'll tell right. you what. If it wasn't for the illegal immigration right. we have going on right now and our open borders, are. T- I mean, there's so many things, Bob, you could exactly. pivot back into off that one question. They need to get – you know what? They need to get a rebuking phone call and go, why did I see you on the Sunday morning show yep. and not once did you bring up the open borders issue? Okay? That's right. Everybody needs to be – that's what Democrats do. Every single interview publicly done in I print, know. wherever – Every website, every single talking point of every candidate. I don't, and again, you That's don't run right. for dog catcher, but you know my you know my saying: if you're running for dog catcher, this should be on your platform. That's right, and that's and that's the only way that you can bust through the media filter and the social right. media filter to get the truth of this to trickle down to those independent swing voters that are that's apolitical right. and don't really uh, get into inside politics. They, they will you know find what? They can sure see when they're driving around any big city. They can see the camps. They can see what's going on. I they can read through some of the nonsense that's on the left to determine where are these camps, where are they being housed, what apartment building are they now occupying, what hotel are they occupying right. now. I mean, this stuff is public. We need to make it more public. Hey, Roger, what do you think about Donald Trump saying, 
I get back in the White House on day one, I am going to begin and launch the largest deportation effort in U.S. history. Uh, He's pretty much saying, no, we are not going to allow. It's one thing we already had probably 11 to 15 million illegals in this country from before over the last few decades. But we're not going to allow a brand new 10 to 12 million to stay in this country. Do you think he can get away with a huge deportation effort? Well, if Barack Obama could, I think Donald Trump can, um, you know, to answer that question. I mean, we look at the first three years of the Obama presidency and, and he was the deporter in chief. I mean, there's no question right. about that. Deported more than hand, Trump did. Exactly. Exactly. Right. On the other hand, I really think that Trump's strength, that sounds good politically. His real strength will be, hey, I've closed the borders once, I'll close them again. I mean, first and foremost, stop right. the bleeding, then go after. And if you do that as kind of a one and one A point, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's taking a tough stance. But remember, too, he also talked a very good pro-life game. And at the end of the day, the bigger issue was Planned Parenthood kept finding ways to kind of maneuver around and wiggle around, and they wound up getting more money during the Trump administration than they were getting during the Obama administration. So, I mean, the the idea, I mean, it, and it keeps going up in, incrementally. I mean, Bush had more and then Obama. I mean, they, they, they're getting into transgender stuff. They can all do that. So it's a good political strategy, I think, right now to get reelected. But first and foremost, I would hope the first thing he would do is say, we're going to stop the border issue and then go after the Godaways. Because, I mean, let's face it, the reality is, as you noted earlier, the, the statistics are horrifying. I mean, you got the left saying, we can't have children in cages. That's, you know, that's awful. Hmm. It's a really bad Obama's optic. cages that he built. Exactly, exactly. But it's a it's a bad optic. But the Godaway is a real it's a reality. You know, I mean, we don't know how many people are in this country illegally because no, really quick, they, Rob, you know, Bob, Bob and Roger, to your point, Roger. You know, it's the example of a boat that's sinking. Do you bail water or do you fix the leak first? Well, you got to fix the leak first because bailing water is not going to help you if you're not fixing right. the leak. That's exactly the example of the border. Right. No, that's a very good point. And so, uh, which is going to be kind of interesting that Donald Trump, I'm guessing, will reinstitute his we're going to build the wall kind of stuff. And remember what kind of blowback he got. From and I would not say it that way. I'd say before. we're going to secure the border. That's what he needs. Right. To state. You know, I, I actually I agree with you because the 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 buzz term of build the wall ends up uh, playing into a negative. Even though I'm not so sure, John, that he couldn't even get away with Agree. build the wall verbiage again Agree. this time in a way that he couldn't he get away could. with in 2016. Although secure would be again securing. Secu- just gives I, him I one totally more agree with you. Forward. Secure the border. We are at. If he uses terms like secure the border, not to mention the fact it sounds a little more presidential, even. Yes. You know, and yes. it's something everybody relates to and everybody understands. And I, I know one of the things everybody understands. Uh, listen to this podcast is the need we have for saving babies' lives. And that's why you hear us talking about preborn every day. If you've given a preborn already, thank you. You know what your forever legacy is, the amount of abortions that you stopped. For everybody else, we're asking you for a one-time gift to preborn. We want you to pay for ultrasound images. That's what they do all across the country in pro-life centers, preborn does. Shows the ultrasound images to these moms. And that's why the moms choose life and usually end up accepting the Lord too. But somebody's got to pay for these ultrasound images and that falls on all of us. So $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. Will you pray about a number? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number you put in that blank, that's your forever legacy of the amount of babies' lives that you saved. 
Okay, so pray about whatever that number is and then give to Preborn. You can give two ways, online or on the phone. If you want to give online, go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net and just click on Preborn. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, not a penny for overhead. Now, if you want to talk to a real-life person over the phone, well, they answer the phones 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. We want you to support uh, Preborn. We want you to support Wilson Financial. Uh, Support the sponsors to this podcast. And we always appreciate you folks listening to us. And certainly you can watch video as well, and you can see just how handsome all of us really are. Boom. Uh, go to which commandment is that bearing false witness? <laughs> yeah. Go Don't to worry, Bob. <laughs> myhopenow.com. Okay, myhopenow.com. And of course, you can follow uh, My Hope Now wherever you uh, go into your social media. And certainly Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, We look forward to having Neil back with us. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Likewise. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, Over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.